James Bond's martinis suck. They they do at that. Uh, it's effective, but I actually didn't have any twist of lime, so I made it in um, my Chick Fil A diet lemonade cup. You're dr- you're drinking it right now. You're drinking the martini right now. I'm doing the James Bond podcast. Of course, I'm drinking the fucking vodka martini right I now. Haven't we haven't started the podcast yet? Yeah. Do you want it to work? <laughs> Welcome to Never Say Podcast Again, which is a new podcast. If you haven't figured it out, it's a James Bond podcast. Uh, I started one. I asked my friend Dia to be on it. Hello, Dia. Say hello. Hi, Jackson. Hi. I'm sorry I'm losing my shit about the title of our podcast. (laughs) It's a very dumb podcast name (laughs) that we totally didn't come up with by going, well, shit, what podcast names do we have? We've got to record in two minutes. (laughs) And then I just went through the list. Of all the Bond films, we're putting inserting podcasts in place of proper nouns. We, we tried a few other ones. We tried some quotes, but there weren't quotes that really worked. We tried, like, you know, the Martini references and everything. Didn't didn't feel right, uh, but we do keep coming up with podcasts and doing them every five minutes. So it seems fitting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, this is a podcast uh, where me and Dia are going to watch all the james bond films uh it's gonna have a slightly different schedule to most of the podcast it'll be mostly weekly question mark uh the aim is three times a month and the reason that's the aim is because then that means that we hit the uh bond 25 when it comes out Uh, it's the only reason this has a weird schedule but we want to kind of you know finish when that movie releases are we Uh, covering that movie yeah okay unless you don't want to go to the cinema (laughs) No, I'll go to the fucking movie. Are you kidding me? Yeah, okay. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I was it's just like, expensive. we'll finish when 25 comes out. I'm like, well, wait. And they just not do it? <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, fuck you guys. Not do Start it. your own up. podcast. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, that would be funny too. Uh, but no, I, I assume we'll do it. And we'll, we'll have all gone on this journey together and watched all the James Bond movies, uh, which I think that means 27 movies because there's uh, the 25... Um, in the main series and then there's also casino royale the 67 film uh and never say never again the 80s sean connery film which are like non they're not the broccoli movies i think is the distinctive there uh but we we plan to cover all of them and hopefully you can join us on the ride on this one and i just realized Um, that we did choose the non-bond the the non-canon bond pond title our title i guess we did i guess never say never again you know that's wonderful we only had the podcast rights to name the podcast thunder podcast and that sucked so we had to do a new one (laughs) (sighs) but yeah uh before we get into the first james bond film which is dr no uh do you want to tell me a little about your history with james bond and i'll do the same so my mom is the James Bond fan. There are yes. There are two things that like really there are like three three like kind of 
more concrete archetypes that if my mom could be, she would be them. And it's James Bond. Yes. Um, oh, God. Um, Spider-Man. Those are two very different archetypes. My mom loves Spider-Man more than James That's Bond, funny. but she loves both with an intensity that <laughs> I hope to um, psychodynamically understand as we make our way through this journey. Um, no, my mom, my mom loves uh, James Bond and was very kind of like when there was a James Bond movie on TV when I was a child, like just like you're gonna sit and watch this with me because it's wonderful um but so i haven't seen and so i kept up with i kept up with all the james bond movies but except for specter i've never seen specter so i'm very curious what you'll think um but so i kept up with all of them um and it's been a long time since i've seen anything pre dalton really Mm-hmm. So, like this, this was a complete mystery to me. Going back in, I had, like no, barely any remembrance of it at all. Oh, yeah, um, that, that that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> should we say who our favorite Bonds are, or do we want to do that uh, yeah. at the very end of our? Run? No, we'll, I mean we should do it right now from the start. I'll I'll do my little intro, and then we can like do our bullet points that we'll re like check in <laughs> as we go and see if they remain the same. Uh, I am um, was also just huge into James Bond as a child. Uh, I don't know what it was about it. They were on ITV all the time. I guess that was one thing. Uh, as they were always on television. So I had a few... Uh, well, I specifically had Tomorrow Never Dies on a VHS tape uh, that I watched all the time. Because there's that bit where he's in the back of a car for his car chase while on his phone. <laughs> and it's basically the funniest thing in cinema. Uh, so that's very good. Um, and so I watched that over and over again uh, as a kid. That, that's the James Bond movie I'm most familiar with. And I've you know, seen all the ones uh, since, uh, starting with Die Another Day, I've seen everything in the cinema. Uh, and I, I, I don't think of myself as like a big James Bond fan because it was such a, it was like a big thing in my childhood, right? Like I, I was a James Bond fan when I was seven because James Bond was cool and spies were cool. Uh, and I haven't really kept up with it uh, that much uh, as an adult but i remembered recently i was i was re-watching the it was specifically the Bourne movies and i enjoyed the first the first one of those a whole lot and the others a fair bit uh, well the other two in the trilogy the rest of them are terrible uh, <laughs> but i remembered that i i do like spy movies they can be fun i should watch the james bond movies i'm never gonna do that if i don't have a, like a work <laughs> project for it yes it's 2019. We have to turn the things that we just would like to do into work so that we can justify them. Has to become content. Uh, and that's that's where we are. So what is your favorite Bond and your favorite Bond movie? You know, honestly, I at present... Um, yes, the, the, these will probably yes, change because we're revisiting a lot of these. Um, I have to go with um, Timothy Dalton and mm-hmm. the living daylights i have i have seen the dalton movies once as a child and i remember nothing about them blank in my mind uh so i i'm very excited to watch the dalton ones because i know i know that's a favorite of some of my friends uh i think i think i would just have to give the boring answer and say that my favorites like craig and casino royale just because it's a recent one that i've watched a lot um 
I did watch the first few uh, Connery movies a few years ago trying to do this, but only got as far as You Only Live Twice. Um, so I, I, I really remember from Russia with Love being excellent. So maybe that'll that'll uh, that will go near the top of the list this time. We'll see how that ends up going. Yeah, uh, it's 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 funny because um, I don't remember liking um, License to Kill. Mm-hmm. Very much at all. Like I have very little reverence of it, but Living Daylights just I could, I could right now tell you that movie beat by beat, and yeah, that's, how much I love it. But we're not doing that right now. Dies. No, that's that's in a few months. But we will. We'll get there. I've got all my Blu-rays. Oh, no. uh, which which say I don't know how you're watching these, but I've I've got Blu-rays that I got a few years ago. Uh, and they say like initiate mission instead of play because they're that's wonderful. They're, they're as lame as Gi- uh, Gi- as James Bond deserves. Uh, they're beautiful. Uh, but for this for this uh, first podcast, we watched Doctor No, which is the 1962 movie, the first movie in the James Bond series. Obviously, an adaptation of the Ian Fleming novels. If you don't know, you know, just giving the context podcast professional uh for the three people who are listening who haven't heard of james bond apparently and it is about uh james bond being sent to jamaica to investigate what happened when like a communication like a routine check-in from the radio post just went dead one day uh and he has to go to this outpost and figure out what's going on and it leads him uh to dr no who has a secretive island uh who is doing some something to do with uh like satellites uh, and using technology to uh ensure that like rocket launches can't be computed correctly yeah we're disrupting about, like, rocket launches at cape canaveral yes uh and that's the that's the setup of the movie the, the broad plot is that uh he goes to find dr no there's a lot of investigation in jamaica and the, that's the first half of the movie uh and the second half of the movie is he he leaves uh leaves the town goes on a boat to um oh what was it called it was it was uh something key crab key uh crab key crab key which i thought was crab key as in key like with a q because it's it's on the water <laughs> but no yeah that's 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 crab key k-e-y uh, uh i was foolish um well i mean that's that's how we would spell it in america um i don't oh, know do why you not, do you not have keys in america well, we like... have both okay yeah, it just depends just... on how snooty the person who decided to like <laughs> register the name, I guess, um, felt like being. But like, yeah, no, we have we have key K E Y, and then we've got the other weird one, Quay. Quay, which is Quay. weird because people do fuck up and call it Quay all the time. Dude. I'd I'd like a version of this movie uh, where Sean Connery's constantly going, "We're going to Crab Quay." <laughs> But it's funny because everyone says crab key. They, they say it like crab key. And I'm just like, what? What is crab key? We go to crab key. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Uh yes, and they, so they go they go to they go to Crab Key, they investigate Dr. No's uh island, which is like he's like, Oh, he's put the fear of God in all these people. There's like people who are terrified of him, what could he be doing? Uh and James Bond kind of just walks in. They have a tank, uh, but it's fine. Only Coral <laughs> dies. <laughs> 
which the movie is like plays as briefly tragic in the moment and then completely forgets about uh even though quarrel is a real one uh and uh he defeats dr no by stopping his big plan by turning on a big button that says danger levels turning the danger levels to maximum uh which melts the facility and blows it up and uh he drowns dr no in a big pool of acid uh, but that's the broad, you know, that doesn't really explain anything in the movie. That's just the very broad, broad structure of the plots. Uh, didn't really get into the characters. <laughs> I guess it wasn't helpful as a summary, but I wanted to just get that out of the way and then we can talk uh, talk about the movie. Uh, so so what did you think? What did you think of Doctor No this time? This is incredible. <laughs> yeah? I, 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 I want to briefly talk about, so in my mind, um, James Bond intro sequence, like the title sequences are these yes. overwrought, uh, like, you know, hypersexual in a Duran Duran music video, <laughs> glossy, like 80s Vogue magazine, kind of just abstract naked ladies and guns and random iconography somehow related to proper nouns in the script um and this was not this was um the james bond theme with a black background and colored dots that were just animated and that slowly faded away into well it kind of abruptly faded into uh, a calypso song about three blind mice who are men being thieves well, there, there's a middle one. There's, there's oh, the right. Bond theme with the dots, and then there's a, a, a middle theme, um, which I think is just an instrumental theme with the dancing. Yeah, because the, there's, the, there's the dancing that's uh, everyone's like um, light projected onto a black background uh, as they're dancing, presumably like at the club in the middle of the movie is the scene they're referencing. Yeah. And then it goes into the Three Blind Mice sequence uh, while um, it starts out in the abstract space of a. Of of the title sequence where there's these these three men uh, who are blind, they've got um, they've got their walking sticks and they they're attaching their arms to each other to make sure they know where they're going. And the three by my song is playing, uh, and then it goes into you know the real the opening of the movie and those three men are there and they're they're going through just walking through Jamaica and they walk into um, is it I think it's where is where is it specifically I've got that written down, um, is it is it just like a a country club because he's it, it's not the safe house. It's just the place he's playing bridge with people. Yeah. Um, um, basically, where all the you know rich white people hang out in Jamaica, uh, and they walk in there, and uh, John Strangways. Strangways <laughs> uh, is um, Strangways. I, I don't know what to what do with that last name. name. I just I don't. He, what you do is you have a bunch of people go around and particularly Sean Connery going around going, have you seen Strangways? Did you know about Strangways? And I just enjoy people saying the name Strangways for 90 minutes. It really, they do. They, they say it so frequently in this movie. Oh, it's like no one knows what happened to Strangways. <laughs> uh, that sequence is, re- is really good because it, like, it starts off like that and then uh, Strangways is playing bridge and has, has got to go for 20 minutes because he's got to, he's got to go and do this check-in. Um, and he's like, D- don't let my cards get cold, uh, old boys. Uh, <laughs> which is like uh, horror movie levels of precision in terms of how excited you are to see this guy get shot in 20 seconds. Uh-huh. 
because then the, these guys reveal themselves as not blind and turn around after he like hands them a bit of money, shoot him in the back, uh, and one of them immediately tries to like blow the smoke from the gun, <laughs> but is interrupted that- by the car arriving. <laughs> So when when I first like I I was just kind of like you know I'm used to kind of the 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 currently we have like kind of the longer Bond intro setups you yes know? um and so this was just so fast and like you know them from from don't let my cards get cold old chaps to boom dead in the car was so fast yeah and I, I think I even tweeted at you I was like I was like this movie is so fast paced it's um, so fast paced I really, really love the opening. Yeah, it was, and I was, I was like, I was like, okay, there's something up with these guys, but I was not expecting, no, they're the ones who are going to do the hit right, right in front of me. Yeah, because I I remembered that they did the hit because I'd watched the movie in the last decade, Uh, but I I was still taken aback by the, my brain had mentally put in like another small sequence in between this happening because it just, it just clicks and they just turn around and shoot him immediately and then just rush him into a car uh, and he is gone. That's it for Strangways. Uh, which it fades into another scene that I think is excellent. Well, f- first off, the the uh, the woman who's like his assistant also dies, uh, and they steal the files with Doctor No on them, um, and all that. You know the setup of the plot. But then there's an actual scene that is incredible that could have been cut probably, but is one of my favorites in the movie of just the shitty sixties guys uh, in the in like an MI six um, directory room, all making the signals. Uh-huh. And, and he's like, oh, God, we, we, we missed a check in a Jamaica, chaps. <laughs> Everyone's so cartoonishly British. It's amazing. <laughs> because if, if this wasn't like in a classic British movie, it would read just already as a parody. Yes. Um, no, like it was really funny, like watching this and like seeing the parts that like, you know, Austin Powers ends up picking up and things like yes. that. And just going like, I don't know that we needed that movie. We don't. Like, we just. Like, he's already I'm here. Like, we could get that franchise. I'm just like, this franchise had no reason to exist because these movies exist. Yes. Uh, it's so good. Because it's, it's really wonderful. I feel like in a modern movie, um, you know, usually the the inciting incident happens and it's big and dramatic. Uh, because you have to start the movie with an action scene. And this ends up feeling like kind of different because the, no one is panicking, right? When they don't check in, they're like, well, keep trying. Maybe they'll call back. Uh, and so the the sense of just like Bond's job, MI6, as a, just an office is very strong in this film. Uh, I think the movie is at its best in the first half when it's just kind of an internal investigation uh, of a very shitty organization. Which is all my favorite stuff in spy movies. Oh yeah, well it's it's interesting because it's it's very very cleanly divided too. Yes. You know it's um and it, it it's interesting to me because you know it's just I was just talking to my partner about this before we had done a record and Bond is a colonial figure. Yes. Like there's there's you know he is he is literally the finger of the crown, more or less. Like um. And so we, we this the the first movie literally you know takes place in Jamaica, and we get this very stark, you know, um, more procedural spycraft, uh, the clean you know British uh, you know MI6 
operations room and then they kind of get the the, the stately kind of manner and the kind of, and then you know the second half of the movie we're you know in this kind of like you know uh subtropical rainforest and there's you know there's a a dragon and it's much more organic and um wild you know like we could very clearly setting up this kind of weird dichotomy of, you know, the kind of colonial mindset that Bond is sent into. Because at, at the start, he's not really, like, the movie is surprisingly, surprising is the wrong word, maybe it's, it isn't surprising, but um, it is not, like, a critique of the colonial nature of James Bond in any way. I wouldn't, like, mean to suggest that. But it is no. pretty direct about, like, you know, here all that guy shows up in his hilarious shorts and he sucks so bad. Uh, and the way it like ends up portraying the MI6 as just this very boring, like arm of basically colonial management. Like they don't, they don't doing anything in this movie other than being there. No, it's, no... It's, yeah, it's colonial bureaucracy. It's just, yeah. Exist to take up space. And I like my um, remembrance of a lot of these films is that you know, there's a lot of Cold War undertones, and it's very interesting how there's just none of that here. There's no sense of like, oh, we're monitoring the, the threats, especially like modern films. We always have, oh, we've got to be worried about terrorism for anywhere. There's no sense that MI6 is like actually scared of the threats, even though they are worried about Doctor No. That's kind of a different thing. It's not. There's no immediate sense in Bond's interaction with this like machine that anything can actually happen. <laughs> Uh, it's just you know middle managers in in a colonial machine, right? Well, and even even Doctor No is interesting because you know Doctor No Doctor No is the what, Chinese and German, yes, and he's oh god I can't remember was it um the Chinese like the good Chinese family and like she was assaulted by a German something or i can't remember the deal but like he has this conflict kind of of like you know literally east and west inside of him his character but then like you know he's like you know bond's like why didn't you why didn't you decide to be a fucking villain that's stupid you know you're you're smart and and he's like i went to america and they said no and then like i went to china and they said no and so fuck everyone my name's dr no uh yeah i I found i found the notes he said he is a child an unwanted child of a german missionary and a chinese girl of a good family right Uh, the missionary that's how i could remember what uh and then became treasurer of the most powerful criminal society in china uh and then like escaped with a bunch of money and was like okay i'm i'm a secret genius i'm gonna go try to sell my powers to the highest bidder uh, and none of them wanted him, so he was like, I'm going to join Spectre. That's what we do. <laughs> and there's an incredible bit where um, Bond is like, ah. Because he, he goes, Spectre, the greatest collection of minds the world has ever seen. And then Bond like, returns to him and goes, criminal minds. <laughs> yeah. Which is very ridiculous. I think my one of my my favorite my favorite moments in that the the Doctor No and uh, James Bond exchange is when James Bond like Doctor No realizes he's like okay I can't recruit you and he's you're just a stupid policeman yep and it's just like 
Dr. No, welcome to the resistance. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. No. Uh, go follow Dr. No. <laughs> Can I have some apps and chat for Dr. No, please? Dr. No, go on Chapo. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, but it's definitely like the start of a thing that will become. It, it, it arrives almost fully formed in a sense of like Bond villains often represent some kind of like critique to bond and by extension uh you know the machine uh of mi6 and britain uh or whatever kind of thing they're trying to like do the broad themes about today right Uh, right the villain exists to be the critique and then bond kills him and the critique is beaten with a gun usually (laughs) Uh, you know um and it it was interesting how that was all all here uh, at the start of this because bond is like going to win through the power of booking but he's not very smart no um i think like i i I, there's like the one part where i um tweeted you know bond's idea of spycraft is like take a nap (laughs) uh take a bath yes give up (laughs) um day spa take another nap this is my idea of spycraft as well but like that's like there's a sequence where that is literally what happens like bond's like i'm gonna take a nap or no he also does um uh ninja underwater breathing that's right um after he takes a bath because he has to uh they're being hunted down by dr nose um and this was interesting to me that um like dr nose kind of muscle uh they're all like black and brown men yes um and so like there we go there's some commentary right there um uh but james bond's like quick go over to the reeds let's all hack some reeds off and breathe through these reeds underwater uh that's it's very good because there's so many shots of just like these men walking past and then very obviously under extremely transparent water all three of them with these like reeds poking up and it's and it's edited in such a way that it looks like they're right on top of them when it happens, but then only the one guy comes back, and then and he then, stabs him. Yeah, and then Ursula Andress is just like horrified by this. Yep, it's like, oh man, I really did. I mean, I knew, but I didn't realize how little Kojima changed when he made Metal Gear. <laughs> God. Snake never goes to a day spa. Snake, oh, he would have a much better time if he went to a day spa. Which I, I really appreciate Dr. Doe's, like, so one, Dr. No has basically a day spa in his supervillain lair. And, like, the first thing is, it's like, you know, oh, um, uh, they picked up some radioactive contamination because, you know, um, were they mining radioactive material? What? I can't remember. Uh, they were mining. It was how they were powering the base. Yeah, it was how they were powering it. Right. Um, they were, like they they get radioactive. You know, Bond and Co. get contaminated uh, through their trek on the island, and they have to go through a shower sequence um, that is very elaborate. You know, every other movie when we have the decontamination sequence, it's always just like you know two dudes in hazmat suits with like big scrubby brushes and then like a, <laughs> a fire hose, but like Doctor No. 
he's got like a Vichy shower conveyor belt that like you get on one end and it just goes through and they take little measurements as you go along. And at the end they say, Hey, guess what? You have been spawed. You have been spawed. And like the design of it as they go through, uh, go through the different like stages of it is like extremely comedically set, like obvious set design. That's all like, and here's how you can just see the top of the person without seeing any of the bits that would have made the rating change. Right. Because they, they literally have the, the, like the little like kind of notification bar right where um boobs and crotch would be like exactly it's very it's, funny it's just the joke from austin powers but in the very first james bond movie not as a joke yeah uh it's incredible um so, so I, I like don't i don't like the second half of this movie anywhere near as much as the first i think where it's just a detective uh detective story in jamaica it's much better um because all of that basically disappears with the doctor no stuff whether there's like more stuff there uh with you know the commentary on china and everything uh and that it shifts into like very different like fears for the uk uh i think it was better when it was just bond being just a weird stick in the mud in the middle of jamaica being being quasi pursued initially by some kind of Greg Proops, like some 1960s Greg <laughs> he, did, he did look exactly like Greg Proops. You sent me that tweet and I was losing it. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, Felix. Yes, Felix Leiter. Felix Leiter, that's right. Classic James um, Bond character. Um, and he he's what? He's a CIA agent, yeah. But like, yes. apparently the CIA at the time uh, are, are, are looking like Greg Proops. <laughs> yep. Um, it, it it's it's a it's an interesting setup because like he he gets to Jamaica right and uh he's immediately got like um a driver who's not actually been sent by uh by the British base but has been sent by Doctor No in order to kill him uh, but then they're followed by uh they're, they're followed by felix and felix assumes that Fe- um well, bond assumes that felix is working with Doctor No and there's a lot of like relationships to untangle in the first half of the film because mm-hmm. that's the thing is first i was like kind of i was like i was like oh are there two different people trying to kill bond here or what's going on and then you know like no it turns out they're not but it all it all builds to an incredibly good scene in like uh the the back room of a pub oh, and, a, and a giant stack of red stripe crates <laughs> giant stack of crates. so uh he goes to talk uh to quarrel who is like the boatman who has been taking um taking Shrangways to to all these places uh and they can't get to crab key yet uh, because it's the one only one that's off limits and maybe it's one of the other places uh where they can find answers and no it's obviously the place that's off limits <laughs> have you never read a book before people <laughs> uh, uh so he's like trying to figure out what's up with him thinks he might be shady um and then he goes into a private room to talk and <laughs> For reasons I can't figure out, Quirrell pulls a gun on him and acts like uh, Bond must be a bad guy. And then Bond obviously disarms him, pulls the gun on him, uh, acting like um, Quirrell must be the bad guy. And then uh, Felix Leiter comes in, pulls a gun on Bond and is like, haha, I've got you. Psych, we're on the same side. Good friends now, everybody. <laughs> it's a very weird scene. It, it, it is. And it's it's funny because it's, it's one of those scenes where 
we do have all this tangle like and like it, it almost like kind of intentionally bunches itself up more just so that it can then untangle in mm-hmm. that moment and you know i just watching that i'm just like this is everything that Hideo Kojima cannot manage, cannot like, master. <laughs> yep. Like it's just like no, see, like look, they 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 had reasonable tangles, and then they quickly intensified it, and then they let it go. They let it go. Uh, it's also the classic scene of like a, a lot of movies um, of this era, where or, or, or anything still influenced by them, like every Uncharted game or the first Uncharted game has this right, uh, where it does like the racial power rankings. Uh huh. Because it's very immediately like, uh, so the, the the black man pull a gun on Bond, but then Bond disarms them, but then the American comes in and owns Bond. And I'm like, I, I understand. I can see what's going on here, guys. You're leaving yeah. it all on the table, I see. I think it's important to note, I, um, uh, I didn't have subtitles on when I was watching this. For, for most of the movie, I kept thinking that everyone was calling Quarrel Coral. Uh, because no one pronounces anything in this in a reasonable tone of like speaking voice. No, not even a little bit. No, no one so much as Ursula Andress, which I, I, I apparently did not actually speak her lines. I, I think she did, but they were dubbed because the accent was too heavy. I think that's oh, what okay. happened. But um, which gives a very weird quality to um, the scene where they're walking through. The, the the river on the island and Bond is just oh mosquitoes and <laughs> <Yeah>. then <laughs> and then Ursula Andress is like <clears throat> or her dubbing actress is is just like oh put water on it it's the salt water <laughs> it, it's the salt they eat they want the salt it's like what what, what are you talking about uh the the scenes where they're building up their like romantic tension are very good because Quirrell stays alive for much longer than you would ever expect him to. Exactly, uh, yeah. So it's like just kind of hanging out while they're doing these scenes. Because uh, I think he's like keeping watch during the scene where she gives her tragic backstory, uh, you know... <laughs> That's like cartoonishly ludicrous. Where she's and apparently, I, I went and looked something even more ludicrous in the book. Wow. Because uh, um, let me let me go get the details of this exactly. Um, uh, but she's like, well, uh, I I was I my my I was orphaned because my parents' house burned down, uh, and then I then I lived then I then I lived you know. Uh, that's what made me independent when I lived, uh, and then I was obviously raped. And but then I murdered him with a spider, so that's progressive now. <laughs> and I'm like Ian Fleming, please sit down. <laughs> yeah, no, because it's great because it's a movie. She goes, um, you know, Bond's like, well, what did you do after you were raped by the like? Because she, I guess, she stays with a guy who's like, you can stay here for free, and she's like, oh, okay, and and you know, he rapes her, and then. She, like Bond's like, well, what what did you do then? And she's like, I put a black widow spider under his mosquito netting in his bed. And then like, and then like, there's like a beat, and she goes, a female, the most, the deadliest. <laughs> this is the single most Kojima scene in the movie. It it one hundred percent is. I, I I just I have like a notepad that had next to me when I was watching this, and I just wrote down Kojima in all caps. <laughs> like because... line for line, in terms of one getting into weird rape stuff, 
two getting into that sexual assault but like trying to turn it back on like the resilience of the woman three weird animal metaphors about like the biological murder powers of the female <laughs> yeah and then and then there's the weird you know like james went like well, what did you what did you do for your schooling and she's like i had an encyclopedia <laughs> and it's what <laughs> i had an encyclopedia snake <laughs> That is how I learned uh, learned of things in the world. No, apparently, so I looked here in the Wikipedia you page. Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> uh, I want no I want, world book snake. I want James Bond. I want Metal Gear, but I want uh, so Snake to have Sean Connery's voice. <laughs> so there's there's something else is thinking, and Sarah and I were talking about this earlier. Is that Bond is such a like, like he's kind of just like someone's grandpa yes like i'm watching this and i'm just like i'm like this is my grandpa like after my grandfather retired to like you know florida this is who he became he's just kind of like just kind of like knows some shit kind of walks around takes a nap like hangs out like you know and just you know he's he's in shape because he does stuff but not like works out and mm-hmm. it just and everyone just has giant ears i jackson <laughs> What's up with the ears? <laughs> What's up with the fucking ears? What's up with the fucking ears? I I cannot tell you this. This I don't know. It's even Bond. Like Bond's ears are big, but then like there are some fucking ears in this movie. Yep, but there sure are. I mean, did we? Are we sure that it was Doctor No and not these ears radio jamming <laughs> rocket launches? <laughs> I can't tell. I definitely can't tell, especially considering like you know Doctor No is a Chinese character, obviously uh, played by. Uh, I think Canadian, yeah, Canadian, uh, uh, Canadian American, according to Wikipedia. Yeah, but you know, played by a white guy because you know it was the era and the makeup's ridiculous. Not as ridiculous as we will get in the future. Um, no, but it definitely like has a very strange quality when you meet him, and you're like, "What the hell is even going on here?" I guess this would this read as normal back in the sixties, probably a weird time. The UK yeah, be on one. <laughs> well, and it's weird because it's it's you know they they his his. His character is mixed, um, but they achieve the effect by taking a white guy and giving him eyeliner, top yep. lid eyeliner only. And it's very strange because they don't like go the full like just stereotypical yellow face type thing. Uh, it's a very it's a it's all in the eyeliner and the like slick back hair. Yeah, and then the 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 Mandarin collar gray suit coat. It's um, a very, very strange look. And they, we do something similar with Miss Tarot. Right, uh, yes! Because <laughs> cause I was like, wait, is, is she meant to be... Is she meant to be actually Asian? Or is she just meant to be like a British person at the British Embassy who is just dressed like that? I, I, I think she was actually meant to be actually Asian. Yeah, because I mean, there's the whole thing where she's like, I'll make you Chinese food. Yeah. And it's just like... Uh, I guess that's letting us know that she's supposed to be Chinese along with this, you know, again, the top lid eyeliner. It's a, it's a very, it's a very strange, very strange choice all around, but they they do end up dedicating like 20 minutes of the movie to her plots, which we haven't mentioned at all because it's kind of meaningless, but there's an entire section of the movie where Bond has figured out what's going on exactly. And he has made the appointment to go on the boat 
like that is set at this point that is all set but the movie still takes 20 minutes to have him go to like her house um so that they can obviously have sex and like a weird like she's like oh he might have got me even though it's very obvious from the start that he has got you you do not need to play along with this ruse uh but then they hang out and fuck and then he like tricks her into getting on a taxi that is just you know the cops coming to get him and then ends up shooting the professor guy yeah it's it's such a weird scene it's i mean you know in In five years, this will be the sequence that we play through as a load screen instead of Kratos lifting up the pillars. <laughs> yeah, because that's 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 kind of the effect of it. It's it doesn't need to be there, but they can't. I guess they figure they can't just cut to Bond going to the island. Well, like the movie's really badly plotted, which I think <laughs> is a result of the book. Um, but it's not a good detective story. I like the like progression of the scenes but when you lay out the way the mystery works he figures out it's dr no basically immediately then faths about with these dead end plot lines with this guy and this girl uh and like they get resolved because she gets arrested and he gets shot but they don't progress like he could just get on that boat and the rest of the movie would be exactly the same and nothing would change even like a single line um but we still have to go through these like uh movements and it becomes like it, it, <laughs> It would feel weird if it weren't for the fact that these are all mandatory beats for a James Bond movie going forward. Uh, yeah. So I, it's like, I guess uh, from the start, this is what a Bond movie had to had, have, even if the plot didn't really uh, allow it. Speaking of, of, of kind of Bond standards, I I really do love the sequence that... which It's, it's, it's such a weird notion too that like the way to introduce this is um when we get the m brings in the head of q branch to replace bond's gun oh yes we have to talk about this because it's basically bond has been using a beretta m 1934 which uh is according to the the current m um is basically a gun for pussies <laughs> yep and even q agrees q fucking shows up and he's just like has no stopping power but it's light it would be nice in a lady's handbag <laughs> it's so f- especially because like the scene begins right with bond coming in flirting with money penny as he has one to do boys will be boys and then walks in like after like after one getting a girl's number immediately um at the casino uh then immediately flying with money penny walks into m who is like get your pussy ass gun out of here <laughs> like immediately the uh, the james bond um masculinity stuff is fully formed it's ridiculous and then but then we we replace it with a walter ppk which is and like uh-huh. if you just watching it you're just like is that the same fucking gun like honestly like the beretta actually looks a little bit more masculine just because it's kind of rougher and it's not so smooth and clean lined like (laughs) (laughs) so he's like here have this gun this is a masculine gun it's exactly the same size and roughly the same kind of shape and design as the last one you had it's the most like 
uh, it's a really good scene about just how stupid this kind of like masculine posturing is because basically what happens is bond comes in and is yelled at by his boss as like a show of dominance going get rid of your pussy gun and take this big dick gun and go do your job and they're the same they're the same gun my man <laughs> they're identical uh, like also, obviously they're it, not but they look yeah, no, very similar. i think also it's important that we we um should not be remiss in if we left out um bond refers to money penny as government property and she's into it yep uh i i like this one money penny scene in this movie i think i money actually penny do comes I, I thought pretty, it was pretty um, well um it was actually interesting like the rest from what i remember the rest of the scenes with money penny throughout the bond movies that i remember are just kind of like okay yeah you're just a flirty asshole and money penny is like perpetually like you know never gonna get it um Mm -hmm. but this one there was a little bit more jousting between the two of them i felt it felt very honest to like moments i have seen in my because i worked in um not the mi6 uh i worked in a admin office mi5 well i actually worked about a like 600 meters from mi6 i worked across the other side of the thames i worked in Vauxhall. Uh, if uh if you've ever seen the movie in the loop right next to the office that malcolm tucker is in in that movie that's why that's where i i worked anyway uh i worked there uh and i was it was a there was a weird company that would do like um bookings for it training so you would send out a trainer and they would teach you how the microsoft office paperclip worked uh and the people who did that had such a hilariously overinflated view of themselves and would absolutely come in and like start feeling up the other like not me because i i was like you know presenting as a guy uh get completely ignored and they'd come in and just like try to flirt with all the um secretaries but mostly in order like some of them actually trying to be creepy and hit on them but mostly trying to be like can i can i get first class on my booking please (laughs) and then you would go no fuck off (laughs) we've got your train ticket already leave us alone that's wonderful and it it felt very honest to that of just like having to deal with uh workplace politics yeah, it was it was it was actually a really good scene. I like that. Um, actually, you know, I kind I like the scenes with Miss Tarot, even though it's a completely throwaway with a character doing like weird yellow face. Like, yep. I, I thought, um, I thought those were more interesting than like any of the writing for um, Honey Rider, Ursula Andress's character. She's the weakest Bond girl in the movie. I think the, she, that that is just true. Yeah. Because I know she's classic because, you know, of the bikini scene. But as, like, a character, there's not much going on. Mm-mm. Well, except for her, her big, her lore dump. <laughs> her lo- lore dump doesn't really equate to, like, interaction and chemistry. But she does give a big lore dump. Uh, Look, don't about... tell that to Anno. <laughs> not even here is free. Not even the James Bond, vodka, James Bond podcast is free. Look, this is your doing. I didn't make Netflix pick it up. <laughs> I didn't summon it back into the world. Force everyone to talk about it for a month straight. This wasn't me. I'm free of blame. <laughs> uh, but yeah, because there's there's um there's the stuff with Mataro and there's the stuff with Sylvia at the start of the movie, who really is the real winner of this film, I think. Yeah. 
in the her experience is she meets a hot guy uh at 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 the casino and then goes to his house and plays like flirtatious mini golf waiting for him uh yeah i love i'm gonna put on one of your shirts and play like the putting game (laughs) yeah the executive putting game and the like movie thinks this is like what what girls do it's very seductive and cool while they're waiting for you to play golf in your shirt and i'm like sure i guess that's what girls do uh, and then she, like James Bond, brings the bad news that he has to get on a plane immediately. So she wins in that she just gets to defuck James Bond and then go home. <laughs> yeah, doesn't get and murdered. Can, and then she can go back and, like, you know, go win at Baccarat this time. Yep. Was that what they're playing Baccarat, right? Yes. Because I don't know anything about those. You know, I don't know anything about Baccarat at all. Uh, I don't think anyone does. I, I refuse to believe that anyone knows anything about Baccarat. So the scene and ends I've up learned, like... I, and I, 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 that is entirely my belief based on, I think the only people, people I know who ever mentioned it have mentioned it because they want to seem cool like James Bond. Right. And I've only ever seen it in James Bond. I don't believe it's a real game. Right, that's what I was gonna say. It, it doesn't play like like the Casino Royale scenes in the new movie. Are like, yes, I know poker. This all works, and they're explaining it in the movie. Like, they like, do the work in the film to let you know what the rules are. This just feels like a scene of Star Wars card games. It does, uh, yeah. It's, but which I think it, I think it, I think that really, honestly, kind of works because it is like, you know, movie going on is you won't understand what's happening here. This is. Bond is operating in a level of society that you will never comprehend where, you know, like just, you know, we don't play with chips. We play with slabs, like that kind of level of outrageous excess um, from the colonial machine. Um. (laughs) It's, it's very ridiculous because like they get to their, like we're flirting through playing uh, our card games scene, but I don't have any context. They're just kind of saying numbers back and forth as they push more and more money to the middle of the table. And I'm just like nodding like, aha, this seems very important. And then someone says something in French and everyone goes, oh. And it's funny because Bond looks kind of dopey throughout this whole scene. Like he just kind yes. of looks like a, a, a schmo. Just He's got the cigarette kind of dangling from his mouth for most of it and his big ears and his, his tux. Is it like, okay, he's wearing a tux, but there's really nothing going on to him. And he's kind of he's kind of flanked by all of these other suited men behind him. And like, we just kind of know just that he's, he's bond. And like, we're supposed to just accept that. It's, it's now time to talk about the most important thing in the movie, which is how hilariously not hot Sean Connery is. (laughs) No, seriously. He looks like, like my grandfather. It cracks me (laughs) up. Like, I'm just like, grandfather. And so the movie, like, because it, it's so obvious this is like an adaptation of novels because at, it doesn't play like the first entry in a long running um, series because so much of it is already fully formed because they've done a lot of the work in the book. So Bond's intro is like already like you're meeting a beloved character, which you would never do if it was the first time for a character. That was like would be way too presumptive. Uh, you have to have that familiarity there. But what ends up actually happening is that. It goes back and forth. It's like, oh, this is the coolest man who's ever lived. And then it just does to Sean Connery just sitting there like a dope going, Bond, James Bond. And I'm like, I, hi, hi, Sean. <laughs> hey, granddad. Hey, granddad. But, uh, 
I, 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 you know, I, I think I ended up really loving this movie. <laughs> like, yeah. there's so many of these parts that just don't, they should not work. Yeah. And like, really, like, like you said, like the plotting of the movie is so not good. And, um, like, there's just so much just throwaway stuff that it's just, it, it somehow it all comes together for me. And I just, I really loved this. Um, yeah. But one thing like- you said I thought was interesting about, you know, um, you know, going into this, we, you know, I, I get it's assumed that everyone has kind of this understanding of James Bond. Yes. But like, and like, you know, all these these pieces and how they're they, they theoretically fit together, and then we have a kind of you know this long running franchise that becomes you know part of just cultural understanding, and now everyone can just look at Bond and go, yes, this is what, how it is. Um, but like I think of like you know the Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy tried to do that mm-hmm. in the film and it completely falls apart. It completely fails it. And I, I remember enjoying Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, but also I really was just there for slow panning shots of walls. And that's what's great. <laughs> that's what works. That's but what I, works. I mean, I remember because I, I read the I read the books, so I yeah. went in no having this understanding. But like watching with people who didn't, they were completely lost. Mm-hmm. But you could take someone who doesn't understand Bond and sit them in front of it, and then they're going to go, got it. Yeah, in like a minute, right? Like in the, his first scene is very like, oh yeah, this is, must be a famous guy who is a spy and very cool. Um, and that's, this is who he is. Look at him playing his cards. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I liked it as much as you. I, I do think that the second half, like, it ends up not really building to an interesting conclusion with its ideas, but I do like it as just, like, a mess of stuff going on. Uh, no, I think I, um, the ending completely doesn't work for me. Um, well, he like, just kind of climbs down a chute and then blows everyone up, and I'm like, you didn't resolve anything. Everything right, just exploded. That's not the same thing. Yeah, it's 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 such a weird decision to do that, and then um you know the royal navy shows up <laughs> and greg and they get, the royal navy <laughs> the royal navy and they they tag them they 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 they, they um they tow them their little their little rowboat behind the giant royal navy ship on a tether so that bond <laughs> and ursula andrews can bang yeah, and it is implied that they just get back to banging on the back of this Royal Navy ship. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like the la- the final shot is Bond and the two of them wrapping their arms around another and like making out, as then boom, the end pops up. Which I do have to say that uh, making out with Ursula Andress while being tagged along, while being dragged along by Greg Proops's Royal Navy ship, uh, is quite simply the most heterosexual thing that could possibly happen. <laughs> it's so funny. But there's also like it's really funny though because we get you know we, we we obviously we have Greg Proops showing up with the whole Royal Navy ship that's you know giant and Bond in his little dinghy but Bond is the one who is banging Ursula Anderson in the end with his you know his little pussy gun that's been upgraded to a slightly <laughs> less pussy gun that's the exact same <laughs> pussy gun really but 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 then Greg Proops the American who shows up with also why does I don't yes. I'm just like, why is the CIA agent showing up with the Royal Navy ship? Well, like, that's the other thing. Is it's the, the the movie starts and he meets Felix, and they're like, "Well, the CIA are investigating Doctor No as well. Uh, all this is going on." And you expect like some kind of conspiracy to be 
to unfold at some point and i guess it kind of does with this like the specter stuff continues but not in this movie like he just shows up and then disappears and to become the cavalry right like there's no actual development of what that stuff is going to say um all of the detective stuff just completely just stops at a point in the movie and never gets Mm -hmm. resolved he just finds dr no and then they just chill for a while yeah and there's like never like there's never quite the like oh we are rival agents for our countries or like but we have to work together there's there's nothing there's really nothing like that um especially the second half of the movie but even at the beginning it's just kind of like you know it's really all just that one scene in it's, it's the, the, one the scene. boxes uh and it sets up a lot of ideas that they just never return to it's very strange mm-hmm. uh but yeah, I had a I had mostly a good time. We're off to a good start. I and I remember from Russian with Love being really good. The first Bond movie I remember not liking is Goldfinger. So we shall see how that goes on this revisit. Yeah. But I guess I guess that's that's a podcast. We did it. We talked for a whole hour about Doctor No. That's wonderful. That's in the bag. I will put this up uh, hopefully later in the week and you might be listening to it. Um, I'll be submitting the iTunes feed soon since I have some art. Uh, now that we have a name, I can get on with that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, before we finish, do you want to tell people where they can find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me at Dialacina on Twitter at D-I-A-L-A-C-I-N-A um, and you can find me writing about games on Pace to Waypoint and other places uh, and also CapsuleCrit.com uh, Yeah. The- online journal for micro fiction and micro genres about video games uh, we'll be coming back i promise cool you can find me at headfuls off you can find the other podcasts that i do at abnormalmapping.com uh there's a bunch of them there uh so you might enjoy them you can uh support us at patreon.com slash abnormalmapping uh me and my friend m who make up abnormal mapping i assume if you i assume most people who are listening to this would know uh but if you're just a bond fan who happens to be listening uh we also have a james uh, james good job we also have a gundam podcast uh called the great gundam project which is on our patreon uh if you subscribe for one dollar a month or more uh so that's it we're done thank you very much for listening uh we'll see you next time uh with from russia with love james bond will return (laughs) Ha ha ha!